What up, guys and gals, dudes and dudettes? It's your boy Rick here, the host of the No Soliciting Experience. I just want to ask you guys a huge favor before we get into today's podcast is if you guys find value, if there's something that you learned, if there's something that you can apply today, I just ask that you share it with friends, coworkers, managers, owners, whatever it may be. If you find value in today's episode, just share it on your social media. Tag me, as you know, most active on social on social media through Instagram, at um, no soliciting bruh. So yeah, let's uh, get into it. Cue the music and get on to today's episode. Right, guys and gals welcome back to the no soliciting experience super excited for today's guest we've had him on before last year and he just continues to just freaking dominate disrupt and just leading from the front in the industry so drew if you guys don't know this is drew hansen right the i would say the goat of the door-to-door pest control industry and up there with the goats of the entire industry so drew Brother, thank you so much for being on, man. Uh, I appreciate everything you do, and I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to hop on with me. Thousand percent, dude. Always happy to be here. I uh, I I've owed it to you, so I'm not the I'm not. It hasn't been easy for you to pin me down, but hey, I'm here, so we made it. Dude, that's what happens, man. We're both busy guys. We're just both working on you know different things that not just accelerate our life, but it helps out our our people that work with us. Um, 100%. and dude, that's, that's actually one of the biggest things that, um, I want to chat with you about is like the importance of your people. Last year, you guys were at green X and you guys had this culture and within your region this year, you start the grit and yeah. you guys have just blown up and it's always yeah. your people first. So let me, let, let me ask you this. Um, when you guys were starting the grit, did you guys have in mind that your people were going to be first or did that just kind of happen naturally? Uh, you know, no, 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 1000%. I mean, when we were all together at Green X, that's what kind of separated us from, you know, a, a lot of other regions in like the industry is, dude, all we care about is like our people. And so like a lot of the senior guys, right, of the grit, of, of what the grit is now, um, had a lot of options to stay at Green X and take corporate positions and you know, you know, be paid multi-millions of dollars. But the reason why that didn't make sense from the get-go is because it wasn't in the best interest of our people. So yeah, dude, the whole point of the grit was because it's not about us. When you're doing the right things with the right people, good things will always happen. Money will always show up. I know that I'll never have to worry about those types of things because I'm doing the right thing with the right people, but I'm always putting others first, right? And we're always we're always like loyal down, not loyal up, right? So I'm not loyal to the guys who um who you know the managing partners of the grit i'm more loyal to like my guys than i am to them right so i have to always put them first and i always have to do what's best for them so yeah that was like that was like the whole like that was the whole reason as to like why start the grit is is because of our people 
Hell yeah, dude. I freaking love that. And it, it shows like talking with Josh, um, talking with like Ben and talking with Dylan on that last podcast. It just goes, man, like this whole servant leadership seems to it doesn't seem to be as common in the door to door industry. No, it's and not. You it's, guys. It's... Go ahead. Go for it. No, I said it, it, it totally isn't common, right? Like that's like something that we that, yeah, obviously really separates us is that we we lead teams and we lead people in like much different ways than other managers or team leads or regionals at other companies. Yeah. And you guys are leading with transparency, um, which is transparency, honesty, and trust. And it goes, it starts with your people, right? Like the people who, I guess, depend on you, bro. Like so many times we hear in the industry, oh, my leader screwed me over. Oh, this, this, that, and the other. You guys put your people first. And I imagine sometimes it, it costs you money to put your, your people first. Um, yeah, I guess you could say like it does cost money, but it really doesn't, right? Because like even though um, like it would be way easier to not do, you know, standardized pay and to, you know, give guys, you know, the naive reps that come in and sign in the first meeting to slap them on a, you know, a 10, 15, 20% deal and, you know, only limit them to make 30, 35, 40% it would be like easy to do that. And like, we can make more off of our guys if we talk, if we were talking about pay. Right. But at the end, like they don't come back and then they, and or they milk you for a bigger deal and then you lose all your margin, which is how every other company in the pest space works. And then it really isn't as easy, right? It's easy. So everything that we do, bro, it's easy to do also easy not to do like leading from the front during the summer. It's really easy to go out and honestly lead from the front. It's, it's a fairly easy thing to do. It's also an easy thing to do as a manager to, hang out at the apartments or the hotel and hang out at the pool. Also easy to do that as well. Right. But we just see it. We just see it as a more of a, like a long-term thing. It's like, okay, cool. What will pay out more? What will pay more dividends right in the future? If we do things the right way now, how will that pay out in the future? We always like look ahead instead of just look instead of just being nearsighted. Yeah, dude. So t- talking about leading from the front, let's, I kind of jumped right into it, dude. So last year you did a million in revenue. This year, what 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 did you end up with? Uh, I did one point one, almost on the dot. Personal, almost yeah, one. that was what I, that's what I sold. Yeah, it was like thirteen hundred and twenty accounts, um, eight hundred thirty three dollar contract value, um, almost all quarterly pests. I sold in um, April for um, a company that did bi monthly. So I sold, I don't know, maybe seventy eighty percent of those were bi-monthlies and then the rest were quarterlies and uh yeah it did my contract value was 833 dollars so i did just over 1.1 and you led a team at the same time yeah i led a fairly so i led our second biggest team um at the grit uh was the guys in indianapolis shout out to the indie dogs um those guys have a special place in my heart um not the prettiest bunch but the rowdiest bunch for sure but uh but yeah, there was a big team. Um, at one point, we had 40, 41 guys out knocking, um, finished the summer. We trimmed fairly hard throughout the summer to make sure that we give the best, the best experience to the guys that, who do want to be out there. So we finished with about 30 guys, and we did eight point, um, We did 8,700 uh, accounts. So 8,700 accounts is what we did as a group. And then my, I had some guys up in Detroit with Jackson Jr. Um, who managed that team. Um, so as a whole... Our organ, my organization did just below twelve thousand. We did like eleven thousand and seven hundred accounts at a seven thirty. So, dude, what what is that revenue total? Um, seven. So I believe it's right at like eight point seven ish. 
So 11,700 times. Yeah, it's like 8.5, 8.6. Holy shit. <laughs> For and the year before, the year before I, I the year before I had you know about ten guys when I was at Green X and then my first year working with the grit directly with Ben because I was in you know the grits region at Green X I was part of Garth Massey's region the high tide region and uh, I sold a lot that year at Green X and then this last year is my first year working with Ben and doing things a great way and I recruited we were signed over like a hundred guys took out like seventy of them and then like fifty five finished so. Not just did you have a high recruiting ratio, but like the actual realization and the actual people that finished was pretty high. And yeah, we, we to be, which, yeah, we, which seems to be super uncommon. Oh, sorry, yeah, totally, to- totally uncommon. I, I mean, it's, it goes into a lot, and I think we're going to get into this, but a lot of it goes into how the team is ran during the summer for sure. Um, just because, like, if you know, you don't if you don't weed the bad apples out, then the rest of the batch becomes sour as well. Um, so we trim, like if guys aren't selling, you know, X amount, then we usually just send them home. But the guys who aren't selling, I mean, anyone that's managed a team knows that guys who truly are selling like hardly anything, you really usually don't want to be there in the end. Um, and then, yeah, so we get rid of those guys. Get That way we, you know, focus on the guys who do want to be there. But the guys who finished, um, what was pretty rad was, so as a company, we resigned about 85, 90% of the whole company in July. And I, my organization, we resigned 100% of our, um, of our organization. So of all the guys in Indianapolis and all the guys in Detroit, we resigned 100% of them, which was pretty cool. And that was all in about one day. Dang, dude. So let, let me ask you this, man, because I'm curious. It's the culture. It's what you do. It's how you do. And you cultivate not just the, the desire, but people want to come back. What, yeah. what, do you think, what do you think is the biggest differentiating factor between what you guys did to get a, within your organization to get 100% signed in one day to what everyone else does? Um, the biggest thing that we focus on like at the grit, and this is like how all of grit leadership runs, dude, all we care about, like truly all we care about, because like when I started doing this, this was just like a good gig for me, right? My first couple summers, it was like a good gig. It was a means to an end. It was a way to get ahead financially and, you know, start my life. Um, but like now this is my career, right? Like this is my business. This is my thing forever. And my business doesn't grow if I don't retain, right? And I don't retain, like, and I, I can't retain if I don't deliver two things and A plus experience for my guys and, and high, like through the roof, high earnings. That's why anyone leaves any type of business ever, like any industry, summer sales or not summer sales, door to door, not door to door is because they can either get paid more somewhere else or they can get treated better somewhere else um, or be part of a better environment, a better culture, a better training. So if I can like capitalize and do those two things to a T is give my guys an A plus experience throughout the whole summer um, and help them have the highest amount of earnings possible. Right. Then they're like, they wouldn't leave because like they have those two things here. If I would drop the ball, right. And I didn't run a team the way that like I preached that I run a team. Well, do they want to like come back? Right. And they wouldn't like stay and they wouldn't build and then they wouldn't grow. But if I, right, if I, if they retain and if they come back, then they're going to recruit. And now my business now grows, right. Which is exactly what's happening. So um, to answer your question, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but um, the way that we like run our teams is do we lead from the front, like day in, day out, we do the things, we do the small little things that most managers and most team leads quote unquote, right. Um, don't because we care only about, giving our guys an A plus experience and through the roof earnings. If we drop the ball with those two things, 
I don't expect my guys to come back because they have a better option. I wouldn't want any of my guys to work with me. If they could find those, one of those two things somewhere else, I would want them to go and do that thing. Dude, I love that because you, you touched on two things. One, that the last thing that I think is super big right now in the industry is so many leaders have this sense of like, I, I would almost call it like emotional manipulation that these guys feel obligated to come back. And, the, and there's the leaders and then their reps can't, can't go past that. You are, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm getting from this is you, you accept if your people outgrow you. Yeah, 1,000%. That, dude, that, that to me, that to me is a huge sign of like true leadership. Cause like we get it, like people move on to other things. You chose to do door to door or do to, to run your business. This is your career for some right. people door to door is a, is a means to an end and it's fine. Right. It's totally fine. Um, but one, I, I respect the hell out of that. And then two, dude, you just, what I'm seeing is a reoccurring thing within the grid is true leadership. Um, yeah. people follow true leaders. So what, what do you do personally to develop yourself to be a better leader? Um, I think a lot of it comes back to, I mean, you did the podcast last week with Dylan Hafen and it was all about trust and transparency. Um, when I say that we re-signed hundred percent of our guys within a day, within a day, day and a half, it wasn't like a, Hey, cause like what you just said, it's, it's so funny. I, I reached out to a couple of guys yesterday that worked at a different company or maybe two days ago. And, uh, their manager DMs me and says, Hey dude, why are you reaching out to my guys? Well, and I'm like, well, dude, like if you're delivering a high experience, you know, an A plus experience and through the roof earnings, you, you shouldn't worry about your guys leaving if they have those two things there. But instead what happens with most managers when they re-sign guys, like with us, it's not like a, Hey, I want to meet with each of you guys. I want to meet with all 40 of you guys and like sit down in my apartment and go over your deal for next summer. Right. And let's negotiate this and knock this out and, you know, make them sign their name in blood. It's like, dude, I stand up in front of the group and say, Hey guys, I'm sending out contracts. Everyone knows everyone's pay here, right? So if there's any questions, you can text me or call me. Um, let's just get them filled out in the next day or so. But yeah, like I said, if there's any problems, let me know. The thing is with us, dude, is like they, the, all of my guys, 1,000%, like would, they know that I would lay down my life for them. So therefore they, laid, they would lay down their life for me because they fully trust me, right? If we didn't do transparent, like if we didn't do standardized pay, if we didn't do things in the honest and the most ethical way we can like possibly imagine, then I wouldn't expect my guys to react to the ways that like I lead them, the ways that they do. Right. It, Cause like most, most teams, right. The way that it happens is, you know, at the end of each summer, it's like, okay, cool. When is the, when is the highest amount of production done by most teams? Well, dude, it's usually like, you know, mid, mid June, right. And of June is like pretty good. Maybe the first week of July is pretty good as well, but then like the reps, especially first year reps and other co-managers, right they start to see the main leader of that group and of that team. Well, dude, he's not working the full hours, right? He's hyping the team up in the morning or he's giving like, you know, excuse my language. He's given half-assed trainings in the morning. Right. And then he's get, he's trying to get the team on the doors, but he's not going out and knocking. Right. Or and he's picking the hours that he knocks. Well, dude, why should they go out and knock if he's not knocking? Right. And then they find out at the end of the summer that everyone's on different pay scales, which every other team in the whole industry usually happens by the middle of July. That's usually how it goes. Every single place every single time, every single year, we're here, that doesn't happen. Right. And if it was me, right. My first summer, if it's like, dude, if I get out there and I'm working my butt off and I find out by the end of July that even though I'm selling more than everyone else, I'm getting paid a less commission. Cause I didn't play hard to get when I was getting recruited. So I got slapped on the rookie pay scale where while Timmy over here is getting paid 
40, 45% and he's getting, and he's selling half of what I've sold so far. Well, dude, I'm not going to be very motivated by my manager to do anything that he says for the rest of the summer. Right. Like I'm not because dude, I don't trust him at that point. Right. And also dude, it's like the trainings throughout the whole entire summer. Like I said, they've been half-assed. So dude, like no one's like getting better and better and better. Well, like us, we're training on like how to roll out pricing at the end of July still, because some guys, right. Start to think they know how to roll out pricing better than I do, which isn't the case. Right. So then I continue to like hammer on the basics, but honestly, Rick, it's like, dude, we do all the little things so that we can deliver the A plus experience and the through the roof earnings to our guys so that they will hopefully come back. Right. And if they don't come back, we'll do it. If they move on to their career path, whatever that is, if any of their friends come to them and ask them about door to door, it's like, yes, dude, go sell with Drew and the grit. Do they pay people in, in the standardized way? They, they gave me a way better experience than I thought. I earned way more than I thought because I produced the most out of any other option that I had. So it's like, yeah, now my business again grows because I delivered those two things. But dude, a lot of it is like the little things that most managers just don't want to accept. Um, and to get to not like extend this, you know, answer too long. Like, dude, it's like when guys ask me, like, what is it like? Like, how do you sell so much? Well, dude, it, it's my answer to mo- almost everyone is it's fairly simple. I don't bicker. I don't moan. I don't complain. I don't make excuses. I find ways to get better every day. And I outwork every single person that's around me. And, that, and that's pretty much it. No one wants to accept that, right? Because they don't want to do that to a T the way that I do it. They want to know that they, they want to think like they think that there's some secret, right? There's some sauce. There's something that I say, maybe I'm tricking people into signing up, right? Like they, they want to like, they want an answer like that, which dude, that really isn't the case. It's dude, I do things the right way, but, and I do them at a very high level, but it's fairly, it's so simple where dude, managing teams, it's pretty simple. Just no one wants to bend the way that they do things because they want like a shortcut, right? We're here, dude. We just don't take shortcuts because anything that's worth doing is not going to be easy. Exactly. Dude, so a little off-topic off question. Um, talking about our work and everybody. So I saw on, in, I think maybe on one of your stories, do you, do you normally run with two segues a day or do you run more segues? Uh, no, I usually, two is, two is usually good for me. I have one in my car and then I cruise one around. But uh, I mean, if I'm selling a lot, then the first one usually doesn't die. But if I'm in a spread out neighborhood or whatever, or if it's like competition day, then I, oh, you got to have two, bro. The last thing I would ever want to do is walk on competition days, right? No, yeah, of course. But again, you, you're doing the little things that most people don't. Yeah. So yeah, it's like little, what, it's little what things. I, so like what, what, what other little things do you do in your day that I guess keep you one on the doors and two, like just don't allow you to one take breaks and dude, like, what do you, what do you, what are the small little tweaks that you do in your day that just makes that huge separation between you and the rest of the industry? Um, so I'd say for me, right. With my personal production, dude, it's not like about me. Like it really isn't, it really, really, really isn't about me. It's like, I didn't sell 1.1 for me. I did it for like my, my guys. Right. Um, like, cause, cause like when I was at Green X and it was like, oh, I want to, I want to sell 50, I want to sell a thousand. I, I realized my potential and it's like, oh, I want to sell a million. If I'm going to sell a million, I might as well sell 1500. Right. Um, well this year, dude, it wasn't like a, like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to sell 1.1 and I'm going to hit the golden, the double golden door or whatever. That wasn't like the goal of this summer. It was to go out and do those two things, deliver an A plus experience to all of my guys and help them have through the roof earnings. Um, and so when I got out there, right, it's like everything I do, it's with full intention to like be a good leader. Right. So like little things that I do every single day. Right. So 
our team schedule, we don't have meeting until 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, from 11 to 1130, we meet and do the team meeting, go over the goals, announcements, whatever, right? Um, from 10 to 11 o'clock, we do an extra training hour. For any of the guys that don't sell well the day before, they come to extra training from 10 to 11. That's ran by me every single day. Um, and then from, from 1230, 1 o'clock until 930 at night, uh, the team knocks. So for me, right, I wake up early in the morning and I get to the branch an hour and a half before extra training. And I do one-on-ones for a good hour every single day with um, three of my reps that I do 20 minute one-on-ones with three of my reps that signed up the day before on my little Excel sheet that I, that I share with the whole team. So I become accessible to like all of my guys. Right. And I become available. So I do that every single morning from 10 to 11. It'd be really easy for me to sit on the, in the back of the correlation room and hang out on my phone and scroll through Instagram. Right. It would be really easy for me to do that. And just, you know, you know, shove the training off to one of the vets or one of the other reps. Well, dude, I know that no one else in that room, right. I don't care who they are no one else is going to be able to deliver a better training than I can. So if I'm there, right, there was only one day this whole summer that I didn't do the extra training hour, like the whole summer, one day out of the whole entire, all four and a half months. And it was because I was doing one-on-ones in the other room with two other reps. Right. So like I do the training every single morning. Cause I know I can deliver an A plus. Like if I do the right training, my guys have the right, you know, the right materials that day to go out and have the best experience and the, and the highest amount of production that day. We do, we do, so I do that every day from 10 to 11, from 11 to 1130, we do the team meeting. And then I do, I try to get on the doors before all of my guys every single day. So I can set that example of like getting on the doors early. Cause if I'm not doing it, I can't ask my guys to do it. That would be a coward move in my eyes. Right. So I get on the doors early every single day before everyone else. I try to get on the boards before every single rep every single day. So I can set the tone for the team. Right. And then I, I didn't, I haven't really, I religiously haven't gone back to my car until 930 at night for the last two years. Not once because like, dude, if I'm not rolling into the parking lot at 10 30, how can I expect my guys to roll into the parking lot at 10? Right. So it's like, I stay out longer than everyone else and I'm on the doors before everyone else. I get home. Right. And I do area for all 30 to 40 guys every night. I don't let my guys assign it. I don't let other guys assign it. Cause then you know how it gets like, dude, guys bicker, guys moan, guys, the guys start arguing like a bunch of girls about area. And then they cripple themselves because they think they can only sell one type of area. Well, we strategically place guys in areas where we know that they'll go out and they'll rip, right? So I do area for all, all of them every night. I do car groups for all of my, all 40 of my guys every night. I do them. I don't let anyone else do them because I know that I can do that. I, I can put them with the right people so they go out and have the highest amount of production the next day. Yeah, like, dude, I, and then I spent, you know, I have dinner and I spend a little bit of time with my sweet and beautiful wife. I got married in the spring, by the way. So shout out to Daily. Um, she, she, she's as good as they come because, especially because she puts up with what I make her put up with during the summer. But like, like I spent a, a little bit of time with her. Right. And then, yeah, I go to bed pretty late and I wake up pretty early, but dude, that's, it's not about me. Right. It's about my guys. Dude, no one other manager that I know of outside of the grit does those things every single day, consistently day in, day out. No one. Right. That's why like, dude, the guys here, that's why we retained dude, we, to resign 85 to 90% of the whole company in July. Like, dude, that's that it's not just because we press guys into resigning because we're not giving them deals, right? It's all standardized. It's because, dude, they truly have a better experience here than they could anywhere else, and they earn more here than they could anywhere else because we do the little things because we actually care. When I hear about managers that, you know, don't do those little things, dude, they don't care. They really don't. All they care about is, you know, those reps that they sign on the rookie pay scale that they're getting a fat deal off of. So that's how I think that teams should be ran. If it's anything less than that, then, dude, it's just not the, it's not the grit way. But that's what makes that's what I think separates us from everyone else as far as running teams.
Dude, I freaking love that, bro. Dude, you literally just answered like my next few questions, I think back to back. And just to <laughs> highlight a few things for, for everyone listening, like when we talk about everyone wants success. Everyone wants, um, I guess, the earnings. That's, that's what everybody's so fixated on is the income that comes in from door to door, the income from the sales. What you did is you just re- you just switched that up a little bit and put your people first value, like, I guess, to put it into context, like the law of reciprocity, you give, 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 give. And you did, you mentioned it, you just got married, like your first year married, and your wife's having to put up with all this crap, like you probably see her what 30 to two, 30 minutes to two hours, maybe max. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I leave, I leave the, you know, the, the hotel or apartment, you know, before she wakes up. And then, you know, I go to bed fairly late, right. And I'm doing area and, and car groups and everything while I'm home. And I'm, you know, messaging guys and you know, congratulating them on a big day. So yeah, dude, she, she sacrifices the most out of, you know, the two of us, but she also has that vision of dude, like, it's not about us. It's about like our people. Right. And we know that if we like do those things for like our people, then like, dude, we'll win. Right. Like we'll, we'll win one, like in the summer, our guys will sell way more than anyone else. But like, also dude, like we'll be able to work with these people for the rest of our lives. Cause they actually believe that we fully care about them. Dude, I freaking love that, bro. Cause you're just surrounding yourself around the right people. And I think if, if there's one thing, if you're listening to this, you have to find the right people. And this, 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 this is going to go against the grain. You don't owe your managers anything. No. Doesn't matter if they're your friends. Doesn't matter what situation it may be. If your manager delivers the value and helps you be successful and gives you every tool, every resource that they physically and could possibly give you, that's the person who you should work with. Yeah. That's a thousand percent. Like, like my, after my second, after my second summer, right? Like I, dude, I, I, I were, I, I really loved my manager. I really liked the owner that I worked for. Like, dude, I, 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 I really trust when this is when I was working at a different, like at the first company I worked at, it's called armor. They're great guys. Right. Great guys. Um, the owner was my, my best friend from high school, little brother, super good guy. But like, the thing is, is like, dude, I work with my two little brothers. Right. Like if I'm the top rep in the company at that point, I sold 570 accounts my second year. What did the number two guy in the company sold 250? Right. Like, dude, like, like I can't look my two little brothers in the face and say, yeah, this is your guys' best option. Like, dude, I, 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 I managed a team for the first time. I took out like 20, 25 guys. Three of them made over 20 grand. Like, dude, I can't look those guys in the face and say, yeah, guys, come back here. Don't work somewhere else. Don't go to another door to door company. Work here. This is your best option. Dude, I would be a complete liar. Cause like there's other guys, meaning guys at the grit, right. Who are running way better teams who are leading people in a way better way, who are paying guys in a more, more fair, ethical and standardized way. Right. It's like, dude, I can't look them in the face and say, yeah, this is your guys' best option. Cause it's not right. So like, dude, I'm not loyal to like, like, yeah, dude, my best friend's older brother is who I worked with. He was like my, he's been like an older brother. He was like an older brother to me since like the seventh grade, but dude, I'm not loyal up. I'm loyal down. Right. Like, dude, I can't look them in the face and say, this is your guys' best option. Dude, I gotta do what's best for them. Right. So, dude, here at the grit, it's like, dude, I don't stay here because I'm loyal to Ben or John or or Garth or Josh, right? Or Jackson Jr. Dude, I'm loyal to like my guys, and I will always do what's best for my people because when I if I do that, then dude, the the good things will come, the success, the production, the the the, the results, the money, right? That will always show up. Dude, yes, 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 yes. Go back and listen to that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> 
if, if you're listening to this, go back and listen to that one more time because these are like dude it's it's the the more i do this the more it surprises me how on how uncommon these common sense things are like true leadership true business like true true business ethics bro like yeah i've i've, I've said this a ton of times but I think the biggest shift that we're about to see in the industry is we're going to all realize everyone's going to see that these quote unquote business owners are for the most part, just salespeople. When did salespeople learn to learn business? Yeah. You know what, what yeah. I see with you guys and I see in other examples throughout the industry is like, dude, people are actually making the sacrifice. People are actually doing what you need to do to be ethical in every aspect of business. And these are the people that are going to lead and change the industry moving forward. We, yeah. we mentioned off camera that the, the time of unethical practices, unethical business practices within the door-to-door industry is soon coming to an end. It, oh, dude. Yeah. It's, it's not going to, it's not going to last long. If you're, if you're already like getting, you know, if, you, if your reps are already, you know, renegotiating their deals, which they should be because like, dude, like if, if you don't do standardized pay, you don't do standardized pay. Right. So if there's no law, there's no book. Right. So it's like if there, if there are deals being made, well, dude, like the reps better go out and like get the highest like deal possible. Right. But if you're in like that position already, dude, that's not going to last. It's not sustainable because dude, the, like with social media and where it's at, everything's becoming way more accessible. It's like everyone's learning like the name of the game, whether you're in Utah or out of Utah, you're starting to like really like learn how things work. And if you don't, Right. If you really don't know what me or Rick are talking about, then dude, reach out to him. Reach out to me. Um, listen to Dylan's podcast from from last week. It's like, dude, like th- those things are like far and go- those things are, are starting. It's starting to come to a point where those things will be far and gone. Right. So like if you're already in that situation, it's like, dude, if, if your reps already don't trust you right now, well, dude, like how do you think they're going to feel when they get to the end of next summer and you're not leaving from the front like we are when they find out that they're not getting the better deal than than the other reps on the team? It's like, dude, those things are like. Yeah, those things aren't going to last very long, right? And I think that's why we're eating up so much of the market share. And that's why we're recruiting as much as we are is because, dude, like all first-year reps, all second-year reps that didn't have the experience that they had, all, all third- and fourth-year reps that have been at the same company that are they, they feel like they're so loyal up, right, to the guys above them and to the owners, the managers, whatever. It's like, dude, you guys owe it to yourself to be in a place where you can fully trust, like, where the money is going, right? You, sh- you owe it to yourselves to be in a place where you can fully trust that you're going to have like the right leadership. And this isn't a me thing. Like, dude, this is how, this is how the grid is like ran for, you know, years when, even when, when, when the grid was a region at green X, but yeah, it's those days, those days will soon be coming to a point where, yeah, they'll do that. They'll be far and gone. It's just not going to last forever. Yeah, dude. So first I appreciate you guys for doing what you're doing. It's super refreshing. Um, it, because dude, it's just setting the trend. We see it on social media. Exactly. Social media is the tool that we will see and is, that is being used. And yeah, if you're listening to this, you have any questions, hit me or Drew up. Like we, we've been doing this long enough. I've been doing this long enough to where I know just about everything within the industry. Um, so, dude, I love that. Uh, one, one of the things that I'm curious to know, bro, is you have this sense of just a winner's mentality, bro. Like, um, I, I was, I was talking to one, I can't remember who I was talking to. I was talking to one of your guys and, uh, the topic came up where I was like, dude, how does Drew do what he does? And then they're like, dude, I don't know. Freaking, I ask him and he's like, I just do it. 
and it's like i freaking love it but like for you like what what what's your thought process on like just winning bro like how do you what's your thought process on just guaranteeing your success um it's funny because uh ben uh egan i spent me and me and ben are really good buddies but he keeps bringing this up he uh a re- we were in a recruiting meeting the other week and a- someone asked me this. Right. And, uh, they were like, dude, like, how do you like, actually do it? And I was like, dude, I'm just like, I just do what I'm told. Like, that's really it. Like I really just do what I'm told. It's like when I came to green X, right. And I started working with like guys at the grid. Cause when we were at the, when we were at green X, green X, like it was, it was a cool environment because yeah, there was four different regions, but dude, everyone worked with everyone. Like I was in Garth Massey's region, but like, dude, Ben gave me advice all the time. We trained quite a bit. Um, obviously I didn't recruit with him. Right. That's why I feel like I've done so much better in recruiting, uh, you know, since we I started working with Ben. But, um, like, dude, he he was I was like, dude, I want to blow up, it, right? Like, I I want to blow up, like like you. How do I like blow up like you in recruiting? He and he told me, and I'll forever remember. This was before that summer at Greenex. He said, dude, you go out there and you sell as many damn accounts as you possibly can. And I promise you, if you do that, your guys will come back. They'll be stuck to recruit, not just because they had a good experience, but because dude, their manager is a stud. And, and all of their friends, they're going to want their friends to come and work with you. Right. So yeah, dude, I went out and sold as many possible accounts as I possibly could. Right. And I did exactly what he told me. And I was a total sponge, right. With how to sell at a higher rate, how to close, how to overcome objections. I trained with all the thousand account reps there. Um, I, I did one-on-ones with all the guys that sold higher contract values with me. If they sold more than me, then dude, I was so down and open to do anything that they told me to do because I wanted to become a byproduct of that environment. Right here right with running teams like dude i don't like my second year right at armor i took out 20 25 guys dude three of them made over 20 grand like obviously that's not like a great experience and then and those aren't very high earnings right we'll do this last year out of all of my guys right dude i had six rookies that made over 100 grand it's like one that's pretty rad but also too it's like because dude i did things the way that i was told to do them right ben taught me how to like run teams right he taught me how to train guys he taught me how to lead people so, dude, the biggest thing for me is like, dude, I've just been a total sponge. Like, you only know what you know, right? So, I've I've learned that there are people that are way better at, at some things than I am. So, I need to learn how to do things better, right? Like, Skylar Griffin is way more organized and way more dialed in a lot of little things. So, I need to like learn from him, right? Which I have been as to how to do things in a more specific manner. I've learned that, dude, people will only do things if you're doing them yourself, right? So, I need to go out and I need to do them myself so that I can ask other people to do them. But then the biggest thing, and, and this is like a, this is comes, it comes back to, to, you know, who you're around is who you become. I'll forever believe that. And I don't care who you are, what you believe or where you're at in your life. Like I truly believe who you, who, who you're around is who you become. And in selling and in this industry, it is so magnified. Like dude, in the summer, right? Like our guys don't, dude, our guys work way harder than everyone else. And I'm so okay to say that because it's so true, right? Because everyone else here is working that hard because the leaders are working that hard in the off season at other companies that have, you know, 10 times as many reps as we have. It's like, dude, their office is like empty in the, in the recruiting season or dude, our office, right. You can't even, the only reason I, I have any quiet time right now is because it's, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. Right. And people are starting to show up, but it's like in the middle of the day, dude, it's there's, there's a hundred people in here where at other, other, other companies there's not. Right. So the biggest thing is like, dude, I, I just, one, I'm a sponge. I I'm coachable. I, I do exactly what I'm told um, by guys who are better at things that I am. Um, but then also it's like, it, I don't do it for myself. I do it for the guys around me. And if I know that I have the ability to go out and perform and produce like I do, well, dude, if that's what moves the needle, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. Until something else comes along to replace like what it is that I'm doing. 
Dude, I love that, bro. Absolutely freaking love that. Um, dude, I actually had a thought as you were talking. And I, I don't know if you've read uh, the book by John C. Maxwell, uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Uh-uh. One of them, dude, you're like li- literally most of the conversation that we've had, like it's just going back to just laws of leadership and where you guys are filling them. And it's like super dope to see. But one of them, dude, is um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear your take on it is the law of the lid. So most people, for example, when you were at Armour, you only had like two reps make over 20 grand. And you now, your people, your people are now getting to a point where you're making, you're, you're selling a million dollars in revenue. They're hitting high numbers. How do you elevate that? Being in the position that you are as a leader, because you, dude, you've done some pretty like incredible things, like things that no one else has done in the industry. So to yeah. continue raising that lid and continue raising the bar for your people, like what if someone within their organization is like the top rep and they want to bring their guys up, what would you suggest them doing? And what would you do to continue to raise that bar? If they're the best, like, dude, I was the best rep by a mile, right? At, at my last company that I worked at, but dude, you can only get as good as the people around you. Like truly, like that's the answer, right? That I would have for them is like, dude, if you want to get better, you got to work with better people. And so it's like, but that's, that's one of the things that not many guys want to accept, right? Because they're comfortable at where they're at. They have a fat deal where they're at. They really like the manager they work with, but it's like, dude, if you really want to get better, then you got to work with better people. It's like, dude, I want to have known. It's not like I just by the drop of a hat became a way better leader from helping, you know, three guys make over 20 grand and helping six rookies make over a hundred grand. Right. That doesn't just happen. It's because I work with Ben who runs better teams than anyone ever has ever. Right. I don't go from selling 290 K in revenue and having, you know, like I would have had like, dude, I would have had three guys returning that year to selling one point, you know, over, over a million dollars in revenue back to back and having, you know, 200 plus guys at this point, that doesn't just happen. It's because dude, I work with guys who sell at a higher rate now, right. Than I did at armor. Um, so my point, like, like, dude, if you, if you're the smartest guy in the room, right, you're in the wrong room. So if, if you want to like work, be the best, then do you have to work with the best? It's like year one, you know, year one of, of, of working with this group. Well, dude, I don't think I sell a million dollars in revenue if I'm not selling against Cody all I don't sell a million dollars in revenue if I'm not going head to head with John Taylor in the month of June that year. Right. I don't sell a million dollars of revenue if I'm not with a lot of other rookies who are selling over 400 accounts and a rookie that's selling 500 accounts. I don't, I just don't think that that is happening. Right. So like, and here it's like, dude, I'm not, I'm not like leading, you know, I'm not leading as good of a team. If I'm not, if I'm somewhere else right here, it's like, dude, I'm going head up with Skylar Griffin, right. in the rumble at the end of the summer, that's our big team competition. Who's running our, you know, our best team that was in Portland, this, which was in Portland this last year, dude, the last, the last two weeks of the rumble per week, his guys average 20 K in revenue. Right. It's like, well, dude, like I'm trying to get my guys and we average 15 K in revenue per week, those two weeks. Like, that's really, really good. Right. We have a, we had a, we had a big team, but like that doesn't happen if I'm not here competing against Skylar, if I'm not learning from Ben. Right. So if I'm not doing the little things and putting myself in the right position, because if you're a vet or rookie, a manager, no matter who you are, the biggest thing that you got to like take into account is you have to put your, yourself in the place where you have the highest probability to succeed. So if that means you want to go out and sell on average, right. If you want to go out and make sure you have a great experience, then to go where the average rookies sell the absolute most. Go where, go where a manager is not going to screw you over on pay. 
go where, like, if you're a manager, dude, go where, go, go work with people who know how to run teams better than anyone does. Right. So my thing, dude, is like, yeah, if you, if you want to like level up, then dude, you got to work with the best. If you don't work with the best, you only, you only know what you know. Right. Which is exactly the boat that I was in. But that's what I would say. If you're, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're for sure in the wrong room. There we go. Yeah, dude. I love that. Cause it's, it's true. Just put, put yourself around competition. You, you compete against Cody, Skyler. Um, it's what it comes down to, man. Just putting yeah. yourself, putting yourself in a, it's almost like, it's almost like you purposely put yourself with your back against the wall and you have no other choice, but to freaking show up and compete. Yeah. thousand percent. It's, you know, when, when you, when you leave a company, dude, it's, you burn bridges off, you know, you, you, a lot of times, like it's, you know, unfortunately, like if you were to, you know, sometimes you end relationships, sometimes you don't, if people really care about you, then obviously you still, you know, remain friends. But it's like when I left, dude, I, I, dude, I, I, I didn't hang out with a lot of the guys I hung out with, right? Like I, I don't talk to a lot of the guys that I used to talk to, but it's like, that means when I burnt those bridges, it was do or die, right? It's like when I take out, you know, 70 guys to market, right? 40 of them are with me. Well, dude, I either, I, I either show up or I completely, you know, F the whole thing up and all those guys have a horrible experience. I ruined my reputation as a manager and also, right, none of them come back and then I waste a whole year and I waste their time and I waste mine because my business doesn't grow. So it's either I do it the right way or I don't, or, or, or I waste everyone's time. I can't do it. I freaking love that. Um, so one last question, um, just for time's sake, I know you have a busy schedule today and I appreciate you being on. Um, if there's one piece of advice, because last year you left us some pretty fire advice. What would be your piece of advice for the industry? My piece of advice for the industry um, would truly be that you can only go so far alone. Like, honestly, like you can only do so much by yourself, right? Like, that's why I say, like, dude, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. If you're the best rep in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? Like if you're the, if, if, if you're running the best team by a mile, you're in the wrong room, right? It's like, dude, if you want to be the best, dude, you got to work with the best, right? And it's easy to say like, oh, like I already know like what it is that I need to fix. We already know like what it is that we need to fix. Dude, don't bet on, and this would be my piece of advice. Don't bet on something, right? Don't bet on the fact that, oh, it's going to go way better because we're going to a better market. Don't bet on, oh, it's going way better because now I'm selling solar. Don't go, don't, don't bet on, oh, it's going to go way better because now I'm selling active service right? Don't bet on, oh, it's going to go way better because they say that they're going to change this, 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 and this. Dude, I don't bet on anything or any, anything at all. I don't bet on anything tangible, but what I do bet on, bro, is I bet on people. And I know that when I, if I bet on people, right. And I bet on winners then I will forever win. I know that if I no matter what we do, if, if I continue to work with the grit and I continue to work with the guys like Ben, guys like Skylar, guys like Garth, guys like Jackson, right. It's like, if I continue to work with winners, then dude, it doesn't matter if we're selling expo markers, we're going to be pretty damn good at it. Right. So like, if I've learned anything, dude, don't bet on something and don't bet on like, you know, the shiny objects do bet on people. And if you bet on people, you'll, you, you will continue to like see success. But then when you do bet on people, obviously you're burning bridges. So you sure as hell better go hard. Right. And when you go hard dude, and, and you do things the right way and you do them in the most fair ethical way possible, and you actually care about your guys and you actually care about your people, dude, the success, the money, all that, all that good stuff, Dude, I promise it just shows up. But if you're not doing the right thing with the right people and you're not doing it at the highest level possible, then those things won't show up. And that's just, that's just, that's just, that's just it's just plain and simple. Right. But that, that's my, that, that's what I would say is, is always bet on people. Don't bet on something. Um, 
because when you bet on something, dude, that's when the, you know, the hopes and dreams are crushed. But when you bet on people, that's, you know, who gets you to where you want to go. Hell yeah, dude. I freaking love that. And with that, guys, um, if you're not following Drew, you should be. I don't know why <laughs> you, you aren't, but go follow him. Go, go, go follow him on Instagram. Super dope guy. And then next summer, dude, I'm just excited to see what, how, how it is you, you top these last two. Yeah, dude, whatever. Hey, whatever makes sense for the guys. <laughs> That's what I'm all about. So. Hell yeah, guys. With that, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.